Today we conclude our sermon series, Help, Thanks, Wow, borrowing a line from Anne Lamott's book. And we do so with a psalm, Psalm 146, a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. Listen to these words. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Every trip to the Holy Land is an opportunity, an invitation to experience thanks and wow. Two of those Lamott prayers. It's everywhere. Just a little over two months ago, 30 of us or so returned just prior to the war. And every day we got on that bus to go out. And I had this time collected some poems, a different poem for every day. And each one, I guess I would put it under the heading of wow. They were poems meant to call us to pay attention. And then after the poem, we would have a prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving for all of the benefits of serving God and being there in Israel. And so we took off experiencing our thanks and wow moments. Let me just give you a taste. We went first to Caesarea Maritima, a little place on the Mediterranean that was not so little in its time. Herod built this big place there, and pretty much everything Herod built there and all through the land was about himself. It was monuments to himself. But this was the place where Gentiles heard the gospel for the first time ever. We're Gentiles. This is good news. One day we went up that mount, you know, the one, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus looks out over the Sea of Galilee and these people, and he says these blessed are statements, the Beatitudes. We went to Jesus' hometown in Nazareth. Hard to imagine him as a little boy there. We rode a boat across the Sea of Galilee, which is really more of a lake, but it was where Jesus was on a boat with his disciples all the time. It was a wow moment. I think, though, maybe the, the biggest thanks wow moment for a lot of them was the day we stopped at the River Jordan and several went into the waters where we helped them remember their baptism. That's, that's good stuff. We went to the Masada, the fortress up, buttress up there, where they had fought valiantly against the Romans. We found the cave where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. And none of this even compares to what you experience when you get to Jerusalem. It was thanks and wow, thanks and wow. Sometimes it is hard to tell which one comes first, a thanks moment that leads to wow or a wow moment that leads to thanks. It turns out the same is true in this psalm. 
It's got this blend of thanks and wow. It starts, I think scholars would agree, it starts with wow. The first line in English is praise the Lord. That's one word in Hebrew. Actually, it's a word you know, hallelujah. Halle to Yah, Yahweh. The psalmist offers this praise to God, and then it blends in with thanks for all that God does. Now, I'm guessing you're aware of how there's this big collection of psalms in the middle of our Bible, 150 of them, and most people, I'm guessing, would say, ah, they're just sort of randomly arranged, kind of like our hymnals. Doesn't seem to make much sense to me. But actually, it is arranged as are our hymnals. In this case, the Psalms, the whole 150, are divided into five sections or books. There's one about the reign of King David. There's another one about the split kingdom, and there's one about the exile. And you get the idea, but when you come to book five, which of course is where this one is found, at the end of the whole collection, this is a moment where they celebrate returning to the land. They'd been carted off. They get to come back. They're going to build the temple. Life will be good. This is thanks and wow. Except it's a little bit more complicated than that. The psalm and life. And here's how I've been thinking about it. I, I grew up on the Gulf Coast of Texas. My dad had a small fishing boat. His best friend Al had a sailboat. And many a morning at oh dark 30, my dad and Al would wake me up and we'd go deep sea fishing. It was good, but oh dark 30 was not. What I liked better was in the summer when there was a full moon late at night, our families would say, let's go sailing. Moonlight sailing in Clear Lake is amazing. And whether we were on the fishing boat or the sailboat, it never failed. My dad or Al would blurt out, I wonder what the poor people are doing today. If I heard that once, I heard it a hundred times. I wonder what the poor people are doing today. They weren't religious people. But it was, in that moment, their way of saying thanks. That, that somehow in this moment, we, we have wealth. So it's not surprising that when, as a young adult, I saved up enough money to buy my own little day sailor, and first time out on the lake, the words came out. I wonder what the poor people are doing today. Only it didn't sound right. I mean, I was grateful, but it sounded callous. It sounded shameful to, to speak of the poor like that. All three, help and thanks and wow, all three come into play in this psalm. The psalmist, yes, begins with this wow and this thanks, but the main section of this poem, of this song, is about God hearing the cries of help. God cares for the widow and the orphan. God feeds the hungry. God cares for the oppressed. That is a big chunk of this. Coming back from Israel just a few weeks before this awful war broke out, I have watched maybe too much coverage, read too much, but I couldn't help myself. I watched, as did you, the reports of that Hamas attack, and, and not just adults, but children slaughtered. And of course, we've been watching the stories of these babies in Gaza in this hospital. And here's the thing. Today, this rosebud heralds the arrival of my seventh grandchild. If all I have to say 
about children dying on the other side of the world is, well, thank God I have grandchildren here, then I have missed the boat. I lost track on Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, how many times they said, we have so much to be thankful for. And that is true, it's spot on, but it is not enough while there are cries of help going on. We who won the genetic lottery born in the States cannot ignore the suffering of those in Israel and in the Gaza Strip. But it's a world away. I mean, how can someone in Lee Summit or Mission do anything about Gaza? That's why I was so glad that three friends in our church invited me this past Monday to go prep for Micah ministry. Tomorrow night you can serve. This was the Thanksgiving Monday. So the, the four of us gathered. We had just a little assignment. Cut 700 slices of pumpkin pie. That is a lot of pumpkin pie. We cut them all. We put them in the little boxes. We put them in a crate. We took them over. We stacked them up. It was an amazing moment. Later that evening, as the cool rain was coming down, the poor would be lined up to eat this meal. And about the same time across town, people would be filing into Arrowhead Stadium. But, and this is crucial, this is where the three prayers all come together. There is nothing wrong with feasting and enjoying life. Good Jewish thought and the best Christian thought says the things of the next world can be enjoyed here. God God abundantly overflows with blessings upon us. You can enjoy those things as long as while you're in the thanks and wow, you don't forget those who are in the help. In the, in the psalm itself, there's this two, two pieces of the poetry that are really interesting. I know some of you are allergic to poetry, but just hang in there. The first one is very much hidden from our eyes. In the Hebrew, what God does for the poor and the oppressed and the prisoner, it's all the verb tense is always ongoing. God always feeds the hungry. God always cares for the oppressed. God is always caring for the widow. God is always delivering over and over. I kind of interpret that as an open invitation that there is always an opportunity to serve. Always. To join in doing what God is doing. The second one, you could get this even in English. It starts with, praise the Lord, O my soul, and ends with, O Zion, all the generations. In other words, it moves from personal, nothing more personal than your own soul, to corporate, communal, all the people of God. Here's a suggestion for a new Thanksgiving tradition. I know I'm a few days late, or you could look at it as I'm very early for next year, when you go around the table, I assume you do this, a lot of people do, and, you, and you, everybody has to say one thing they're grateful for, and the teenager rolls their eyes and goes, okay, whatever, turkey. When you go around, when you get through, go around one more time and say one thing you will do to make a difference. One social injustice, one piece of pie you will serve to the poor, whatever it is. I heard a great story just recently, but I have to put it in context. Every time we're in Israel, Tally, our guide, dear friend, we ask her, David and I, the leaders, we say, what do you think? Will we be able to go up to the Temple Mount this time? The, the Temple Mount is, without question, the most contested piece of property in the whole country. 
uh, Jews and Muslims consider it sacred. And it's like it sounds. It's where the temple was, and it's a mount. It's built up. It's above that western wall. And, and, and so we ask her, you've seen pictures, by the way, of the Golden Dome. That's the Dome of the Rock there on that temple mount. So this time we said, what do you think? Because sometimes security, it's just a little bit too tense. She said, yeah, I think we can. And so we did. You go up steps, of course, it's a mount, and you can walk around, and we did, and you take pictures, and, and you sit there and talk about the, the different pieces of it. But this is the story that I just heard. 2,000 years ago in the Mishnah, a commentary by the rabbis, there is this passage in which they describe when the people come in droves to Jerusalem, they are to go up the Temple Mount, go through an archway, and go to the right and walk the perimeter, giving thanks to God. If, though, a pilgrim comes to Jerusalem whose heart is breaking, maybe a loved one has died, maybe there's illness, they too can go up the steps under the archway, but they must turn left and walk the perimeter. And when those who are going right come upon someone going left, they are to inquire of them, what happened? What, what is your story? And they lend a listening ear, and they pray and offer a blessing. Wow. <laughs> when I heard that, it was a podcast. When I heard that, I had earbuds in my ears. I was in the gym, and I was just like blown away. I thought, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Because everywhere in the world, there are people going right and people going left. In Target, in the grocery store, at the DMV, everybody is either going right or left. But for those on the right to stop, well, when I heard it, <laughs> it stopped me in my tracks. I just stopped. Which, if you think about it, that's the point of the story. And that would be Thanksgiving in two directions. <laughs>